Section 4 of The Reconciliation of Races and Religions by Thomas Kelly Chain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Section 4 Sayyid Kauzem, Islam, Parsiism, Buddhism. On Ahmad's death, the unanimous choice of the members of the school fell on Sayyid Kauzem of Rasht who had been already nominated by the sheikh he pursued the same course as his predecessor and attracted many inquirers and disciples among the latter was the lady qurratul ain born in a town where the sheikhi sect was strong and of a family accustomed to religious controversy he was not fifty when he died but his career was a distinguished one himself a gate he discerned the successor by whom he was to be overshadowed and he was the teacher of the famous lady referred to to what extent ali muhammad the subsequent bab was instructed by him is uncertain it was long enough no doubt to make him a sheikhite and to justify ali muhammad in his eyes for raising sheikh ahmad and the sayyid kazem to the dignity of bab footnote a m b pages ninety one ninety five c p n h page three forty two end footnote there seems to be conclusive evidence that sayyid kazem adverted often near the close of life to the divine manifestation which he believed to be at hand he was fond of saying i see him as the rising sun he was also wont to declare that the proof would be a youth of the race of hashim that is a kinsman of muhammad untaught in the learning of men of a dream which he heard from an arab when in turkish arabia he said quote, this dream signifies that my departure from the world is near at hand. End quote. And when his friends wept at this, he remonstrated with them, saying, quote, Why are ye troubled in mind? Desire ye not that I should depart, and that the truth in person should appear? End quote footnote nh page thirty one end footnote i leave it an open question whether sayyid kazem had actually fixed on the person who was to be his successor and to reflect the supreme wisdom far more brilliantly than himself but there is no reason to doubt that he regarded his own life and labours as transitional and it is possible that by the rising sun of which he loved to speak that he meant that strange youth of shiraz who had been an irregular attendant at his lectures very different it is true is the mohammedan legend it states that ali muhammad was present at karbala for the death of the master that he came to an understanding with members of the school and that after starting certain miracle stories all of them proceeded to mecca to fulfil the predictions which connected the prophet messiah with that holy city 
where with bared sabre he would summon the peoples to the true god this will i hope suffice to convince the reader that both the sufi order and the sheikhite sect were true forerunners of babism and bahaism he will also readily admit that for the sufis especially the connection with the church of so weak a historic sense was most unfortunate it would be the best for all parties if muslims both within and without the sufi order accepted a second home in a church that of abhau whose historical credentials are unexceptionable retaining membership of the old home so as to be able to reform from within but superadding membership of the new whether this is possible on a large scale the future must determine it will not be possible if those who combine the old home with the new one become themselves thereby liable to persecution it will not be desirable unless the newcomers bring with them doctrinal i do not say dogmatic contributions to the common stock of bahai truths contributions of those things for which alone in their hearts the immigrant muslim brothers infinitely care it will be asked what are to a muslim and especially to a shiite muslim infinitely precious things i will try to answer this question first of all in time of trouble the muslim certainly values as a pearl of great price the mercifulness and compassion of god those who believingly read the quran or recite the opening prayer and above all those who pass through deep waters cannot do otherwise no doubt the strict justice of god corresponding to and limited by his compassion is also a true jewel we may admit that the judicial severity of allah has received rather too much stress still there must be occasions on which from earthly caricatures of justice pious muslims flee for refuge in their thoughts to the one just judge indeed the great final judgment is to a good muslim a much stronger incentive to holiness than the sensuous descriptions of paradise which indeed he will probably interpret symbolically the true muslim will be charitable even to the lower animals footnote nicholson the mystics of islam page 108 end footnote neither poor law nor society for the protection of animals is required in muslim countries how soon organizations arose for the care of the sick and in wartime of the wounded it would be difficult to say for buddhists and hindus were of course earlier in the field than muslims inheriting as they did an older moral culture in the muslim world however the twelfth century saw the rise of the qadrite order with its philanthropic procedure footnote d s margoliouth mohammedanism 
pages 211 to 212 into the ideal of man as conceived by our muslim brothers there must therefore enter the feature of mercifulness we cannot help sympathizing with this even though we think abdul baha's ideal richer and nobler than any as yet conceived by any muslim saint there is also the idea the realized idea of brotherhood a brotherhood which is simply an extension of the equality of arabian tribesmen there is no caste in islam each believer stands in the same relation to the divine sovereign there may be poor but it is the rich man's merit to relieve them there may be slaves but slaves and masters are religiously one and though there are exceptions to the general kindliness of masters and mistresses it is in east africa that these lamentable inconsistencies are mostly found the muslim brothers who may join the baha'is will not find it hard to shake off their moral weaknesses and own themselves brothers of their servants are we not all they will say sons of adam lastly there is the character of muhammad perfect he was not but baha'u'llah was hardly quite fair to muhammad when if we may trust the tradition he referred to the arabian prophet as a camel driver it is a most inadequate description he had a quote, rare beauty and sweetness of nature end quote, to which he joined a quote, social and political genius end quote, and quote, towering manhood end quote. footnote sister nivedita the web of indian life pages two forty two two forty three these are the chief contributions which muslim friends and lovers will be able to make these the beliefs which we shall hold more firmly through our brother's faith will muslims accept as well as proffer gifts speaking of a southern morocco christian mission s l ben susan admits that it does not make christians out of moors but claims that it quote, teaches the moors to live finer lives within the limits of their own faith end quote. footnote morocco a and c black page one sixty four end footnote i should like to say something here about the sweetness of muhammad it appears not only in his love for his first wife and benefactress khadija but in his affection for his daughter fatima this affection has passed over to the muslims who call her very beautifully the salutation of all muslims the Babis affirm that fatima returned to life in their own great heroine there is yet another form of religion that i must not neglect the zoroastrian or parsi faith far as this faith may have travelled from its original spirituality it still preserved in the bab's time some elements of truth which were bound to become a beneficial leaven this high and holy faith as represented in the garthas was still the religion of the splendour or glory of god still the champion of the good principle against the evil and as if to show his respectful sympathy for an ancient and persecuted religion the bulb borrowed some minor points of detail from his parsi neighbours not on these however would i venture to lay any great stress but rather 
on the doctrines and beliefs in which a Parsi connection may plausibly be held. For instance, how can we help tracing a parallel between Ali and the Imams on the one hand, and Ahura Mazda or Mazd and his council of Amshaspans, Amishaspentas, on the other? The founders of both religions conceived it to be implied in the doctrine of the divine omnipresence that God should be represented in every place by his celestial counsellors, who would counteract the machinations of the evil ones. For evil ones there are, so at least Islam holds. Their efforts are foredoomed to failure because their kingdom has no unity or cohesion. But strange mystic potencies they have, as all pious Muslims think, and we must remember that Ali Muhammad, the Bab, was bred up in the faith of Islam. Well then, we can now proceed further and say that our Parsi friends can offer us gifts worth the having. When they rise in the morning, they know that they have a great warfare to wage, and that they are not alone, but have heavenly helpers. This form of representation is not indeed the only one, but who shall say that we can dispense with it? Even if evil be but the shadow of good, as maya, an appearance, yet must we not act as if it had a real existence, and combat it with all our might? May we also venture to include Buddhism among the religions which may directly or indirectly have prepared the way for Baha'ism. We may. The evidence is as follows. Manis, or Mani, the founder of the widely spread sect of the Manichaeans, who lived in the third century of our era, writes thus in the opening of one of his books. Footnote, Literary History of Persia, 1, 103. End footnote. Quote, Wisdom and deeds have always from time to time been brought to mankind by the messengers of God. So in one age they have been brought by the messenger of God called Buddha to India, in another by Zoroaster to Persia, in another by Jesus to the West. Thereafter this revelation has come down, this prophecy in this last age through me, Mani, the messenger of God of truth to Babylonia, Iraq. End quote. This is valid evidence for at least the period before that of Mani. We have also adequate proofs of the continued existence of Buddhism in Persia in the eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth centuries. Indeed, we may even assert this for Bactria and East Persia with reference to nearly a thousand years before the Mohammedan conquest. Footnote R. A. Nicholson, The Mystics, page 18, C.P. E.G. Brown, Literary History of Persia, 2, 440, F.F. End footnote. Buddhism, then, battled for leave to do the world good in its own way, though the intolerance of Islam too soon effaced its footprints. There is still some chance, however, that Sufism may be a record of its activity. In fact, this great religious upgrowth may be of Indian rather than of Neoplatonic origin, so that the only question is whether Sufism developed out of the Vedanta 
or out of the religious philosophy of buddhism that however is too complex a question to be discussed here end of section four